This is Six Cold Feet Season 2, Episode 4, Untouchable Face. This episode contains adult themes and language. Just remember me, baby, when I'm in six feet of cold, cold ground. I mean, Juliet Knives changed queer music in Australia forever. Yeah, like, whenever we play Juliet's music in the bar, the entire crowd is enraptured. Yeah, I mean, when I was coming out, her music made me feel seen in a way that I so badly needed. It still gives me chills to this day. I think that's true of every queer Australian who grew up with her music. You didn't have to come with me. I'm sorry, I think you mispronounced there's no way in hell I'm going in there without you. I'll be fine on my own. It's not just about you. You think I'd pass up the chance to visit the house of the mythic Chanteuse Juliet Knives? Don't you feel weird digging around in a dead woman's house? Would I be a bad person if I said no? Yes. In that case, yeah. I feel totally weird. But you realise that this isn't even remotely your fault, right? She's a rock star who OD'd. It's a story as old as time. I should have stayed with her. For longer than three hours? You checked her pulse and her breathing. What else were you supposed to do? Hit her with a defibrillator? She must have dosed up again later that afternoon. And her own husband left. If anyone has the burden of responsibility, surely it's him. When's he getting back anyway? He should be landing any minute now. It's a 14-hour flight. One of the joys of living at the arse end of the earth. He must be devastated. Do you think he knows about the email she sent you? I don't know. I kind of want to get in there and pick up the things she designated for me before he gets there. I'll give them back afterwards. I just want to get a good look as research. He has a sharp legal team. I don't want to get into the whole legal thing. He's a nice guy, but he's famously aggressive when someone's on the other side of something he wants. That's how he managed to take this tiny indie label and turn it into a major empire. So beautiful up here. Some of these houses seem a little... Halloween-y? Mount Nebo is something of a world unto itself, I guess. Okay, this is it here on the left. Sweet cinnamon donuts, are you for real? She has a gigantic Ouroboros statue in her front yard next to a topiary in the shape of a guitar. Okay, so she's a little eccentric. I'm surprised she didn't lock you up in the basement and feed you salamanders. Karen, could you please stop fucking around? This is serious. I really need you to focus. I'm sorry. I really am. You know humour is my go-to coping mechanism. I'll stop kidding around. I'm here for you. Thanks. Okay, the email says she keeps a spare set of keys under the cushion... On the outside couch. Which is where she was when the postman found her. Do you want me to get the keys? Yes. Okay, here we go. Oh shit, I forgot about the... Dog. I'm sure it'll come back. Probably. Maybe. Man, that little bugger can really move. I hate to sound cold, but 
There's no way we're going to catch up to it. We'll leave out some doggy treats and tell Dylan. But first, let's get what we came for, okay? But, Athena, think about this. There's no way you're going to catch that little furball. You're right. Atypically so. Hey, was that a barbed compliment slash joke? I'm proud of you. Wow. She really was a hoarder. I know. I want to talk to some psychologists about the pathological attachment to objects. Apparently hoarders actually have different parts of their brain light up when they think about objects because they consider them repositories for stories and histories rather than mere utilitarian possessions. I think there could be a whole structural metaphor in that. Could we possibly leave the rambling writer talk until we get out of the recently deceased Rockstar's house? Should be right... Huh. It's gone. Along with the photo of her parents. Why would she move it? I don't know. Maybe she saw me peeking? She didn't include it in the box of tapes she gave me. I guess there's a reason she wanted to keep it hidden. Or maybe Dylan moved it? Weird. Let's check out the rest of the place. Can I just take a little peek in the bedroom? No! Fine, but don't come crying to me when your curiosity is keeping you awake for weeks on end. Holy shit, look at this! This is some serious occult shit. Do you think she did animal sacrifices in here? I told you not to snoop! The door was open! It's just a bunch of candles and, okay, some weird new age books. And a witchy board? Maybe we should take a quick... No, no. Come on, stick to the plan. Oh, wow. This is amazing. Look at this gear. This is an SSL Matrix 2 hybrid mixer with 40-channel input, motorized faders. Were those human words? Or are you speaking in tongues? Here's a safe. What did you say the code was? Hang on, just checking the email. Upstairs, the door down the left, yada yada yada. Ah, here it is. Lisette. It's a numerical keypad. Must be numbers corresponding to the telephonic system. Let me check on my phone keypad. Okay, so it's 54773883. Who do you think Lisette was? Old girlfriend, maybe? Middle name? Holy shit! I was not expecting weapons. Okay, so we're supposed to take the black hard drive and the box of fan letters on the floor over there. Yeah, okay, sure, whatever. But obviously, we're going to take a peek at this. Don't touch it. Athena, I know you don't want to be one of those cold-hearted genos who, like, hacks into the voicemails of dead girls for a headline or whatever... But are you seriously telling me that you're going to let a mysterious, faded old piece of paper with a list of names just sit there without so much as taking a little glance? And don't even get me started on the pills, the handgun and the red hard drive. Red seems like such an inviting colour. I have my laptop in the car. We could copy over the juicy files and leave the rest. No one would even know. That's an abhorrent idea. You can't disrespect the dead like that. She's the one who wanted to give you access to tell her whole life story. I'll bet she left all this stuff here together on purpose. That's not for us to decide. She's dead. 
You're trying to write a story that honours her legacy. Isn't the best way to do that with as much information as possible? Surely she'd... Hang on, it's Roberto. I'll just be a sec. Hi, Robbie. Sorry, I... Aha! Look who's come round. I'll get my laptop. I was just looking. I shouldn't have. I'm putting it back. Look, I'm closing the safe. All right, my love. But again, if you wake up at 3am murmuring, I should have looked at the other hard drive, you'll be sleeping on the couch. It's probably just a backup drive anyway. We should go. Sweetheart, could you listen to me for one hot minute? I want you to think about where you are. You're inside the house of your idol, the subject of the book that is almost certainly going to make your career. You are here by invitation, unescorted. This is like Bruce Wayne handing you the keys to the Batcave. If you want to leave, that's fine. But understand, this moment is only going to come once. Maybe we should... I think Dylan's home. No, his plane isn't due to land for another hour. He... That's not his car. And... They're wearing masks. Holy shit, let's get out of here. Maybe I should get the gun out of the safe. Are you fucking kidding me? I will recite gun accident statistics at you for three straight hours once we are home. Let's just duck into the next room. Anybody there? We're not going to hurt you. As long as you don't do anything stupid like calling the cops. Vespa, should we? No names, for fuck's sake. Sorry. Shit, let's just get out of here. But what if they tell someone we're here? What if the cops show up while we're looking for them? Okay, fine, let's go. I feel like my heart's going to explode. Let's get out of here. Leave the damn box of letters. It'll slow you down. I'm already carrying it. It's like five metres to the car. Oh, I cannot believe I'm arguing with you about the expediencies of life-preserving escapes. So stop arguing. Here, take the keys. You're a better driver than me. Run every red light while I call the cops. Shit. Go slash the tyres. What? We're not going anywhere. I'll call a car, but we are not waiting for it here. I saw a cafe a little way down the road. Let's run and wait there, where it's nice 
and public. Okay. You are not running six blocks with a filing cabinet of fucking groupie letters. I'm not leaving them here. For fuck's sake, lock them in the boot or something and let's go. If I get killed over a bunch of poorly written love poems, I'm going to haunt you forever. Come on, come on. You're done with this. Do you hear me? What? Write the book with what you have. No more field work. You're staying in the comfort of the office behind a locked door. You're not a fucking amateur detective. Can we talk about this when we're not running for our lives? We're talking about this because we are running for our lives. Karen, this is... No more snooping. Promise me. Fine. I promise. I promise. I love you. And I have never been more scared for your safety or mine in my entire life. Do you understand that? I hate this feeling and I don't want to ever experience it again. I know. I know. We're okay now. Everything's gonna be fine. I promise. Oh my God. Don't you ever scare me like that again. It was nothing. Nothing? I'm surprised you weren't the star of next week's episode of Blood and Bullets, or Homicide Hunter, or Suburban Sins, Crime Behind White Picket Fences. You know, for the head of a publishing company, you watch an awful lot of reality television. I watch a lot of reality television because I'm the head of a publishing company. I spend all day reading, I want to turn my brain off when I get home. Anyway, shut up with your critique of my lifestyle. Are you okay? Is Karen okay? And also, please, for the love of God, tell me you got to those letters in the hard drive. Good to see you haven't lost your hunger to get to the bottom of a good story. Hey, I asked after you first. But honestly, can you forgive me for being as curious as a kid drooling over a mountain of shiny presents on Christmas Eve? Tell me everything before I pass out from anticipation. Sharon, get me a green tea and a cranberry muffin stat. I feel like my heart is auditioning for frickin' Cirque du Soleil over here. Ryan, calm down. Okay. I'm calm. Tell me what you found. Don't leave out a thing. You want to hear about the hard drive or the letters? I cannot believe you are teasing me like this so soon after practically giving me a heart attack. I haven't been this emotional since David Bowie died. Uh, hard drive? You're going to like this. They're previously unheard recordings. Holy roasted testicles of Titan... A lost album? Is it good? Please tell me it's the best thing she's ever made. Oh my god, this book is going to sell a million copies. I'm going to buy a condo in Jamaica. It's good. It might even be her best. <gasps> oh! Obviously we'll need to sort out legals with her husband, but if she left the hard drive to you and put it in writing, there must be some kind of legal authority there. Are they the finished master tracks or just demos? We're talking Jeff Buckley's Sketches for My Sweetheart the Drunk? Or more like one of those 20 other unfinished posthumous albums they brought out kind of deal? It's all there. Almost. Wait. What do you mean, almost? There's ten complete tracks. They've been mixed but not mastered, as well as all the individual instrument tracks. But the songs were labelled track one, track two, etc. Hmm. Well, that's odd. But not unheard of. Sigaros had an album with untitled tracks, didn't they? Sure, but there's no vocals. Untitled instrumental tracks. Huh. 
That's a bit left field, even for her. Still, as long as the songs are good. That's the thing, though. It's not structured like instrumental music. It's very chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, etc. It sounds like vocal music with the vocals missing. But why wouldn't she keep it all together? Don't modern hard drives hold, like, 100 gigs? More like 4,000, Grandpa. I don't know. I thought storage was all up in the clouds nowadays anyway. It's the cloud. Singular. We should stop talking about tech before you embarrass yourself further. But yes, there was plenty of space left on the drive for the vocal tracks. But for whatever reason, she kept them separate. There was another hard drive in the safe. Oh. So they were on that one? Maybe. But that's what the thieves took. I didn't get my hands on it. And there was also a tape labelled Confession in another cupboard that seems to have disappeared. Holy crap, what if she was a secret serial killer? Ryan, that's my idol you're talking about. Kevin Spacey was an idol to a lot of people and look how that turned out. What about copies? Surely Dylan must have backup tapes and files? He's not taking my calls. I didn't want to badger him given the state he must be in. But he did send me an invite to the funeral, so I guess he doesn't completely hate me. I might try and ask him then. But I don't want to get his back up. He's famously kind to his friends, ruthless to anyone he decides he dislikes. And he's always been fiercely protective of Juliet. One time, a paparazzo snuck into their front lawn and he hired someone to set fire to the guy's car. Allegedly. Yes, I remember reading about that. Let's not have any vehicular arson mixed up in this business. Okay, okay, okay. Next mystery, tell me about the letters. Right. I haven't had time to read them all, obviously, but the box was filled with a selection of fan mail and correspondence between people who slowly transitioned from fans to friends. The letters started to taper off in the early 2000s when most people started switching to email. But there's this one fan who goes by the initial J... She keeps writing snail mail. She sent hundreds of letters over the years. I haven't scanned them all yet, but there were some recent ones that referred to the new lyrics dated two years ago. She talks about a song called Drew. When I was with Juliet, she kept talking about some guy named Drew, as though she was hallucinating him or something. Perhaps an old lover? Oh, or a juicy affair. Oh, please, let there be an affair for us to publish... I'm going to buy a fucking condo village in Jamaica. Or could be her dad. She kept her childhood very private. No one knows her parents' names. Sure, that'd be fine. But let's keep our fingers crossed for an affair. People love reading about affairs even more than they love having them. Gross, Ryan. But I haven't gotten to the best bit yet. This fan, Jay, was old school. Even after decades of correspondence, she still keeps writing her details at the top right corner of the letter. Name, phone number and address. Oh my God, I am more excited about this than anything else in my life right now. Aren't you getting married in a couple of months? Any idiot can get married. Have you seen the married couples out there in the world? Tony Abbott is married. Larry King's been married eight damn times. How many people get to help uncover the secret life of a legendary rock star? There's just a tiny, diminutive, minuscule little problem. You need a bigger advance? Done. No, but, I mean, yeah. I'll take the increase on the advance. Shit! I really should have waited to hear where you were going. Now we have a verbal contract. Ugh! Sharon, get me Athena's paperwork. And where's my goddamn muffin? My blood sugar levels are lower than Trump's approval ratings right now. 
Fine. Continue. Karen doesn't want me going to Jay's house. She said it might be dangerous. Take someone with you. Hell, hire some muscle if you want. Two problems. One, from what I read from these letters, Jay is extremely nervous and skittish. She sounds like she might have PTSD, maybe agoraphobia. If I bring someone with me, she might shut me out. Two, I suggested taking someone along as backup, but Karen won't go for it. She's really freaked out about the burglary. That's understandable. I would have shat myself and screamed like a tiny, terrified baby. But, Athena, you know you can't let this lead go, right? Yeah, I know. So what are you going to do? Who is it, Jay? Yes? I'm a friend of Juliet Knives. I was wondering if you might have a moment to talk. Come in, sister. We've got a lot to talk about. Six Cold Feet is written by me, J.M. Dinellon, and I also sometimes write under the pen name Agatha Christie when I feel like disappearing into a fugue state for a couple of weeks. Just a quick little note that if you're looking for a very special Christmas gift, you want something personal, if you get any of my books from my website, I've got a poetry book, I've got a couple of novels, I've got a, an art book that I did with my mom, she's an amazing painter, I will sign those for you, which is fun, but I'll also write whatever you want in there as the inscription. So if you're looking for an interesting way to break up with someone these holidays, or a nice way to say thank you to that person who saved you from a rampaging werewolf or whatever else, I can do that for you. All right. This episode was directed, produced, sound designed, and a bunch of other things by myself and Jessica McGaw, and our cast this week was Melanie Zanetti, Jessica McGaw, Haley Francis, Jenna Saney, Tom Yaxley, Helen Stevens, and Merlin the Wonder Dog. This week, I have to say thank you to Erin and Lee from the Love and Luck podcast for helping us out with the Juliet Knives testimonial. That was a really fun crossover to do. They were one of the very first fiction podcasts in Australia, as were we. It was cool to work with them on that one. Go and check out their wonderful show, Love and Luck. They also have a new one called Supernatural Sexuality with Dr. Seabrook that is very funny and quite brilliant. If you check out the trailer, I have a small cameo in that, so go and check that out. If you have enjoyed this show, we would absolutely appreciate it if you took the time to write a review on your favorite review site. Apple Podcasts is very helpful. It really helps with our visibility there. There's a new website called Podchaser that I also highly recommend. You can review by episode. You can follow hosts. You can talk to other podcast fans. Great place to find new stuff. So that one's really great too. But wherever you review and enjoy your podcast, we would surely appreciate it. Or just tell a friend the old-fashioned way with your mouth hole. Music was by Kate Logan with Adele Pickvance and the Chandeliers. Adele Pickvance and the Chandeliers have a new single called German On My Mind. It's out everywhere right now. It's very cool. Go and check it out. I'm a bass player and I love the bass line in that song. We're going to say thank you to our Patreons, especially our chorus patrons, Tony Zolo, Kathleen, Anna Cook, the excellent sci-fi podcast, Go In Space, and Sandy Darling. And one last little thing, if you want some cool gear, go and check out our merch available on Redbubble. And as always, if you want that 10% discount on our stuff or anything else on that store, you can use the code POD-6COLDFEET, that's POD-SIXCOLDFEET, and you will get 10% off, which is more than 9%, but slightly less than 11. All right, we will be back with our new episode very soon.